I'm sure you've all heard this song before. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Well, truthfully, Christmas isn't really about what that song's about these days. How many of us have ever seen a partridge in a pear tree or lords leaping? I mean, come on. Truthfully, the song would be much more accurate if it contained things like this. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Twelve dozen cookies, eleven chocolates, five and ten Cards on mocking nine, broken presents eight Bags are missing seven, Christmas party six Crazy and lost, five extra times Four credit cards, three crying babies, two missing hearts And a And the reason we experience those kinds of things at Christmas has to do with this. I'm Christmas Chaos. We've never met, but you know my work. I'm the unseen but ever-present force that stuffs your stockings full of stress and decks your halls with anxiety. I love to keep your calendar full with office parties and school plays, family dinners. I love to stuff your mailbox full of invitations to Christmas decorating contests and, I don't know, gift wrapping extravaganzas. What? You don't think these things tangle themselves, do you? Sometimes you make my job too easy for me. Sure, you could have paid ten extra dollars to get the bike already assembled. I love Christmas, but then who doesn't? Christmas is great. But the thing I've learned after doing my job for so many years is this. Nothing so great should be easy. But that's not the real meaning of Christmas, that it shouldn't be easy and that it should be hard. Just this week, I heard of a very well-known pastor after pulling an all-nighter, getting ready for extra Christmas things, in the morning decided to make himself a protein shake. So after assembling all the ingredients, he turned on the blender, but forgot to put the lid back on. It splattered all over him and all over his kitchen. And then later the same day, he ended up on the expressway with a standstill. And he only looked in his rearview mirror for a second, but he noticed a guy coming at him about 30 miles an hour. And he said to himself, he's going to hit me. He just hit me. And so while waiting for the highway patrol, he decided to turn on the radio in his car, where some talk show guy was saying, how much he hated those holier-than-thou preachers, and he mentioned this pastor specifically by name. It was then that he realized that day he had been overextended, blended, rear-ended, and offended. And that's the kind of day when you really need the peace of God in your life. And today it's kind of rare to find people who are at peace, who have really deep down peace all the time. Peace with themselves, peace with the world, peace with God. It's a rare quality. And yet one of the reasons that we celebrate Christmas is that Jesus came to give us peace. About 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, verse 6 in the NIV said this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, Jesus will be known by many names, but 
it ends in saying he'll be known as the Prince of Peace. In other words, he will come both bringing and personifying peace. Peace will be an overwhelming part of his coming. And on that very first Christmas, when the heavenly angels appeared to the shepherds, they say this in Luke's second chapter, verse 14, in the New King James Version. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill to men. So Isaiah announces peace. The angels announce peace. And when Jesus gets here, his whole ministry is about peace. And before he goes, after growing up back to heaven, he even says this in John's 14th chapter, verse 27 in the Living Bible. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So what kind of peace does the world give? It's shallow. It's fragile. Frankly, it doesn't last. How many peace treaties have been broken in history? Nearly all of them. So this Christmas, let's look at what peace is really all about. The peace that Jesus came to give us. What are the keys and what are the steps for us to receive that peace? Now, you may never have heard this before, but there are actually three kinds of peace that God shows us in the 790 verses in the Bible having to do with peace. And to get a full picture of peace, we're going to look at all 790 of them this morning. Just kidding. But what we're going to do is we want to summarize what God is saying in them. Because when you categorize them, they all come down basically to these three things. One, there is spiritual peace. There is also emotional peace. And thirdly, there is relational peace. Think about that for just a moment. All peace falls into one of those three categories. So if we talk about peace in very broad and general terms, we never really get down to its specifics. We never get down to where the rubber of peace meets the road of our lives. And then peace is just this nice gloss that in theory can put a shine over our lives. But it never really gets down below the surface to our lives where we really need peace, the peace that Jesus brings to us. So when it comes to the way peace really intersects your life, there is spiritual peace, emotional peace, and relational peace. And spiritual peace is eternal with God. Emotional peace is internal with ourselves. And relational peace is external with others. And so the first kind of peace, the Prince of Peace comes to give us spiritually, is peace with God, spiritual peace. It's the most important because it impacts and affects and colors everything else in life. You know when a relationship is out of whack with a spouse, a child, a friend, a co-worker? Nothing else really seems to matter. When you have a, a strain or a conflict in a relationship, it robs you of your peace and your joy. Nothing does that more than being out of whack with God. And the first reason Jesus came at Christmas was to restore that relationship between us and God. Second Corinthians 5.18 in the New Century Version tells us this. Through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. And God gave us the work of telling everyone about the peace we can have with him. The peace we can have with him is spiritual peace from now until forever. But in the now, what happens is, is we drift from his peace anytime we go our own way in life. It's kind of like we say, I'm going to do what I want to do. And the world is constantly telling us to do just that. Have it your own way. 
This product will bring you happiness and fulfillment. And that thing will add a new dimension to your life. And Christmas, as we see it all around us, is telling us this is the time of year to let go for whatever it is that will bring about a new dimension of happiness and fulfillment in your life. And we can get so very sidetracked with that and thinking that things are going to bring us fulfillment and peace rather than our receiving the simplicity and the peace of Jesus Christ himself. I certainly got stuck into that as I confessed to you a couple weeks ago with several sleep-impaired nights coupled with feelings of being torn inside this way and that way, trying to fit something into my life that wasn't really necessary or that well thought out. Then it robbed me not only of a peace with my wife, but my peace with myself, my peace with God. And it was, for me, coming off like this guy on the screen, Marlon Brando with buying and having a motorcycle. And since letting go of that distraction, life has returned to a great simplicity, and peace has returned to my life. And that's God's plan for our peace spiritually. Simplicity removes from your life and your consciousness life's distractions and life's unnecessary thoughts and plans that compete with who you really are. 2 Corinthians 10.5 in the New International Version tells us, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, run everything by God. God, is this thing cool with you? And what isn't cool with God, send away with Marlin and my motorcycle distraction because you'll find when it's gone, you'll have peace with God, which will open the door to your emotional peace within you. Colossians 3.15 in the New International Version says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And by rule, it means let peace be the way that your heart operates. Wouldn't you love your heart to be always operating in peace? And the New Century Version of this says, let peace rule in your thinking. And the word shalom, you probably heard, means peace. But it also means more than that. It also means well-being, happiness, harmony, serenity. It has a lot of different meanings which color the peace that God wants for you on an emotional level within. So when you have peace with God, you have the peace of God within you. You have internal peace. But there's Also, a third kind of peace with others. This is relational peace. And Colossians 3.15, again here, continuing in the NIV, goes on to say, let peace rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And the same verse in the message version says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Because when we lose relational peace with others, it's due to someone going off and doing their own thing rather than operating in oneness with others. And let me say, these kinds of peace that Christ comes to bring us and to give us in Christmas, they build upon each other. First, you have peace with God. Because when I have peace with God, I can start feeling good about myself. And when I start feeling good about myself, I have emotional peace. And I can have peace with you. I can have peace with everyone around me. Things that used to tick me off and irritate me don't bother me anymore because I'm at peace. I don't see them in the same way. 
If it's like a cup of coffee, it's filled to the brim. Any shaking can cause it to spill. And thus, when I'm filled to the brim with myself, the slightest shake can cause me to spill over. And I get irritated. I get stressed. I get angry. Like a cup of coffee not filled all the way up, I can take a lot of shaking and not spill. And so when I'm not nearly so filled with myself, lots of things can shake me without me spilling over without me getting irritated, without me getting stressed, without me getting angry, because I'm filled with peace. Nothing shakes me in the same spilling over way. And so the first step in experiencing Christmas peace in your life is this. I must experience a moment of clarity. In a life-changing worldview, a moment of clarity transform you because you begin to see things differently. You don't see it as you've always seen it in the same way before. When you have a moment of clarity, by definition, everything becomes clearer to you. In other words, you deeply say within, okay, now I get it. Life becomes clearer. Your problems become clearer. Oh, now I see why I have that problem. Your past becomes clear. Your present becomes clear. Even your future becomes clear. But nothing happens till you have that moment and you can say, I get it. Now I see it. And in the story of the first Christmas, Joseph's moment of clarity came in a dream. And he said to himself, okay, now I get it. Mary's moment of clarity came when the angel appeared to her. And she said, okay, now I get it. The wise men, their moment of clarity came when they saw this bright and beautiful star. And they said, okay, we get it. The shepherd's moment of clarity came when the angels lit up the sky all around them. And they said, now we get it. Your moment of clarity doesn't have to happen in church. It can happen anytime. It can happen in a dream. It can happen in a word from God in the Bible. It can happen in a thought from God in your, your mind. It can happen as you look up at a starry night. It can happen with a friend. It can happen in an experience. It can happen anytime. And when you too, in a moment of clarity, can say, Wow, I get it. I've never seen it like this before. You're going to be different. As Apostle Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 in the New International Version. He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. And what does that mean? That means that you may have a moment of clarity to see things as they really are. And the scripture goes on to say that you may know the hope to which Jesus has called you. And that hope Jesus came to give us as Christmas is his gift of peace along with, as the scripture says, his incomparably great power for us who believe, which is the power of his peace and the clarity his peace brings to our lives in slowing us down and realizing we make things way too complicated and confusing and chaotic. Christian singer Britt Nicole has experienced this in her life too, because just like you and me, she gets overwhelmed, too much going on, too much to deal with. So she wrote a song about having a moment of clarity in her life and seeing ourselves as God sees us through his eyes. Here's a little bit about that. I remember one morning waking up and I was, you know, getting my kids ready for the day and then I was headed out to the studio to work on the new record. Um, and I felt like I was balancing so much and I remember getting in the car 
and just taking hold of my steering wheel and just putting my head down and just saying to myself, Britt, you got to get it together. Like, you are a mess right now. I felt God just meet me right there in that moment. I felt him come to my car right there sitting in my garage, and I felt him lift up my head. If you're putting pressure on yourself or if you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling down, if you're comparing yourself, take a moment and stop and see yourself through God's eyes. You see, that's the moment of clarity that Jesus wants to bring you this Christmas. Letting go of all your hanging down head stuff of stress and disappointment and discouragement. And letting God lift your head up and your life up in his peace and his hope for your future. Seeing yourself through God's eyes is the ultimate gift of hope and peace. Spiritually, emotionally, relationally. And failing to receive God's gift of peace is just denial. Because life's not about everything that happens to you, but it's about your response to everything that's happening to you. And the moment of clarity can show you how you may have been in a conflicting, chaotic confusion with God or with yourself or with others. It's no wonder I'm not at peace. Luke's 11th chapter, verse 35 in the New Living Translation says this, Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. And what does that mean? Jesus is saying we have this amazing ability to lie to ourselves. We can tell ourselves that things are really great when they're not. And we can tell ourselves things are really bad when they're not really as bad as we think they are. The bottom line here is if you have lived without peace a long time in your life, You think that's just the way it is, that everybody lives like that. And if you've also lived without the fullness of the peace of God in your life, you really don't know what it is you're missing. The starting point to peace is that I have a moment of clarity, and I begin to see things as they really are. Myself, God, everyone else. And to that moment of clarity, add and sprinkle in an attitude of gratitude. Isaiah 26, 12, the Living Bible says, Lord, grant us peace for all we have and all we are has come from you. And when we say, God, all I have, all that I am comes from you, that is gratitude. So when's the last time you actually said that to God? You ever said that to God? Because you wouldn't even be able to draw your next breath if that wasn't true. Now, I know at the end of the year, some of you are barely hanging on And no, you don't show it. And even those closest to you may not know it. But truthfully, Christmas is not a happy time for some of us. Rick Warren tells of his Christmas a couple years ago, right after his youngest son, who had struggled with mental illness his entire life, took his own life. Rick said, I was barely hanging on. Those were the darkest days of my life. 
And that Christmas, he said, I was in no mood to celebrate or sing peace on earth or goodwill to men. Yet somehow, in all that darkness, he said he had this peace. It made no sense at all because there was no reason that he should have it. It was the peace that passes understanding. It's the peace that God gives. And to receive it, you you need to have a moment of clarity and an attitude of gratitude. And you know what throws chaos into that attitude of gratitude like nothing else? It's what Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in the Living Bible says. Don't worry about anything. I think this is the most difficult command in all the Bible. I don't think it's the one about don't murder, don't steal, or don't lie. I think it's this one. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. It says you have two choices in life. You can be in a spirit of worry, or you can be in a spirit of worship. You can pray, or you can panic. You can trust yourself, or you can trust God. One way is going to lead to peace, and one way is going to lead to panic and pressure and lack of peace. This scripture says if you do this, that is if you don't worry about anything but pray about everything, you will experience God's peace. The scripture goes on to say this peace is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. In other words, you won't be able to figure it out on your own. You can only receive it. It's God's gift to you in Christ in Christmas. So stop trying to figure out your own personal path to peace and just receive it from God. If you receive his peace, it also says his peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. So how do you get God's peace? A moment of clarity, an attitude of gratitude, and thirdly, I must expect Jesus to give me his peace. This is the factor of faith. And here's the formula to follow in this from Matthew's 11th chapter, verses 28 and 29 in the RSV. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And what kind of rest is he talking about? It's there at the end of the scripture, peace and rest for your soul. Soul peace and soul rest are so much deeper than any other kind of peace you can describe. It's much deeper than physical rest from your muscles being overloaded because soul rest and soul peace comes from your mind being overloaded, from your heart being overloaded, from your emotions being overloaded. That's where we all really need it the most. But how do you get that kind of soul rest? Well, first the scripture says to come to me. Come to Jesus because the source of peace is not a philosophy It's not a program. It can't be found in a pill or in any possession. It's personal. It's Jesus. And in the Bible, lots of people come to Jesus for all sorts of different reasons. Some people come to Jesus for healing. Some people come to Jesus for forgiveness. Some people come to Jesus for a miracle. But here, Jesus specifically says, it's okay to come to me for soul peace and soul rest at the deepest level. So how do you unwind at the soul level when your emotions are fragile and fraught? When your spirit's sagging, when your mind's overloaded? Is it by watching TV or watching a movie? Or is it exercise or a hobby or reading a good book? All those things are okay, but they're not going to 
Give rest to your soul. When you feel empty inside, our culture says, do more, be more, buy more, have more. But Jesus says just to come. But he also says to connect with me. Take my yoke, be yoked with me. And what's he referring to? Well, it's the device that connects two farm animals together to pull something. What's its purpose? To lighten the load. And if you're not yoked with another, you're pulling the whole load yourself. And when you're yoked up with someone or something, the weight is half because you're pulling the load with another. Thus, a yoke is a symbol of partnership. It's a metaphor for your life, which tells us this. The reason we feel so empty, so tired, so stressed, so worried in our hearts, our minds, and our spirits is because you are pulling your life's burdens by yourself. Jesus said, I never intended that for you. Come to me. Connect with me. Take up my yoke, and I'll help you pull your life's load. So maybe now you can see, every time you're not attached to God, and you're not yoked to Jesus, your opportunity to get stressed out, worried, soul-tired, emotionally tired, it greatly rises. We think, if this is to be, well, it must be up to me. Like, it all depends on us. And so if you're not yoked to God and to Jesus, what are you going to be yoked to? Most often, it's expectations. It's your own expectations for yourself, along with the expectations of others. And that doesn't relieve burdens. It doesn't lighten your load at all. But when you're yoked with Jesus, you're connected with Jesus, he pulls the load with you in a very real way, and you're not pulling it alone. Of course, there's another way we all look for peace on our own. That's through escape. Ah, just leave it all behind. But wherever you hope to escape to, whether it's a trip to Hawaii or whether it's several tall cold ones from the fridge, you always take with you, you, along with your mental and emotional fatigue that you have in your heart. So Jesus says, come to me, connect with me. But he also adds this, learn from me, for I'm humble and gentle in heart. It's kind of opposite, isn't it, from how we think peace might really come to us. We think if I could just be stronger, if I could just be tougher, if I could just be harder inside, then I could have peace. Jesus said no. No, just the opposite is true because strength and toughness and hardness is born out of tension, while gentleness and humility do just the opposite. They breed peace and rest all the way down to the level of your soul. The sad truth is this. It's so much easier for us these days to fill our lives than it is for us to fulfill our lives. And that's the kind of Christmas our culture has sadly come to promote. Fill your Christmas until it overflows rather than having your Christmas fulfill you. So please, my friends, understand that Christmas is God's gift to you, the gift of the Christ child the Prince of Peace, to fulfill your life. Because less is more when it comes to peace. Will you pray with me? Great God, we thank you so much for the gift of your Son. Help us, Father, this Christmas to receive him fully and to receive fully his peace. As you know, Father, we get so tangled up in in our lives, in our heads, in our families, in our responsibilities and all of the extra things the season puts upon us. It's so easy for us to get dragged down away from the place you want us in life. 
So, Father, I pray this morning that your word would be like a seed in our lives, that it would grow into fullness and to fulfillment. Be with all of us, Father, as we struggle this time of year, whether it's things currently we struggle with or whether it's memories from the past. We just ask that you would fill us with that peace that's beyond all understanding. Give us moments of clarity, Father. Help us to be thankful and help us to expect to receive the peace that you give us. We thank you for this time, Father. We ask that you'll use it to your glory now and in the days ahead. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen.